You're listening to Girl Don't Trip. Kick back with us weekly as we have soulful conversations about balancing career, relationships, and how to stay grounded through life's wild transitions. Because we could all use a little support from our sister circle. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Girl Don't Trip Radio. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Girl Don't Trip. Today we have Jennifer Moore with us. She's an artist and founder of the Well of Sound, Sonic Meditation for Balance and Relaxation. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yay, so thanks for sitting down with us. Um, so we like to always start with our guests and find out a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. and how this all came about. So a little bit of your background. Well, I'm from Seattle, mm-hmm. born and raised here. I'm a musician, and um, in wanting to just go deeper into sound and yeah. learn about ways to um, curate sound with a lot of intention, mm-hmm. um, I got into sound meditation and sound healing and things like that. So I ended up doing a lot of studying, and I've just been building and experimenting with it since. Oh, wow. Uh, how has uh, your experience been being from Seattle? Mm-hmm. Do you find there's a lot of growth in sound meditation? Um, I mean, I think so in general. I feel immersed in what I do, but mm-hmm. people, when I talk to people, um, there's more things popping up, but I guess it's still not fully on people's radar. So yeah. it's an interesting kind of in-between place, but it's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you explain just a little bit for people that don't know, like what that means? I guess the sound, the sound healing, and yeah, yeah. sound meditation. Um, well, for me, it's a it's a big category. I think each person, how they do it, defines what it is. Yeah. But in general, the sound bath is it's a it's a bath in sound. So I think what's different from it being a concert specifically is that people are lying down and meditating. Yeah. So, um, which, you know, we can have deep experiences at a concert as well, but just yeah. a different um, environment and context to receive the sounds and to receive the vibrations, I think, with a stated intention yeah. as mm-hmm. being like a part of the, the difference, um, which I think we're always free to engage music like that, but we don't always, and so sometimes we need the environment in mm-hmm. order to do it. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been practicing sound baths now it's been about three years of workshops and sound baths and kind of each iteration or wave is slightly different from the last and so Mm -hmm. it's been it's been fun to practice artistry within it I think sometimes Mm -hmm. I get caught in thinking okay well you're, you've got some kind of um, idea in your head that's not your own necessarily of what yeah. it is, and you maybe move towards that and then realize that that's not, for me, that's not really the point. Yeah. So it's partly um, artistic expression. So that's been happening in the form of the sound baths and the meditations for about three years. Oh, wow. So and you create the, the sounds, right, mm-hmm. like yourself? Um, because we experienced one of your songs, yeah, and it was and that was beautiful. my first experience yeah. too, and that was amazing. It was really great. Um, but so there was like music uh-huh. playing along with the bowls as well, right? So there like, was, um, I was singing uh, mm-hmm. with the bowls, and there wasn't a music playing along, but it was amplified and it was mic'd, okay. so there was effects along yeah. with the, <laughs> with the bowls. Um, yeah, so there's. 
I've done versions where I'm making the music or me and whoever, whichever other artist is present, we're making the live sounds. I've also done meditations where the tracks are pre-recorded. Okay. So oh, okay. you take people through an hour-long um, list of music that I've made. I, I've only done it with music I've made or that friends have made. Mm-hmm. Um, a different kind of journey. So in those, sometimes I'll do more of the individual work with people because the music is playing. So yeah. go around the circle and maybe tone some bowls or some tuning forks. Um, and then different ones where singing was more the focus. Mm-hmm. So community, group, singing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been evolving. Were you uh, always in a, like a grown up in an environment that was around music or was this a um, love that you gradually found yourself? think yes um to it being around we just love music at home so mm-hmm. we were just always listening and my parents listened to a lot of different kinds of music so we got exposed to a lot and I yeah I loved playing an instrument and I started playing the clarinet at about 10. Oh wow nice. um, was that the first instrument that you picked up? The first instrument that I picked up. I didn't want to play the clarinet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I was kind of, kind of. That was what was. That was the option. So I started on it. I have a much deeper appreciation for it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played um, some instruments growing up. Took some breaks here and there, and then kind of had walked away from music for a while in terms of playing it because mm-hmm. I just had this idea in my head that. If you're not, you know, trained and highly right. trained, like yeah. you're not supposed to do it, and oh, yeah. this and that, you know, not yeah. that you're not supposed to, but I had that feeling for myself yes, for of yourself. like yeah. you don't get to if yeah. you're not trained, totally. and so um, spending, you know, years breaking through that, and then finally getting to a place where we said, well, you know, music is not um, something external to us; it's mm-hmm. what we're made of. So mm-hmm. there's no one that can't. Yeah, and it's about a deeper expression to me from the heart. I think there's deep value in people's mastery and their ability to communicate because of their mastery. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's um, exclusive to people who maybe don't have that skill, but come with a lot of heart and can come communicate from that place. So that's been a big kind of inspiration to share the musical path with people that I'm on personally, because it's about bringing in people who don't consider themselves musicians. Musicians, and just kind of having an, ex- an intimate experience with sound and music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to touch a little bit on like the self-doubt that you had mm-hmm. taking a break, how did you overcome that mm-hmm. for anyone that may be feeling like that right now? Yeah, I mean, it was many years of it, and it still comes in and out. It mm-hmm. was, Absolutely. It's, like a, it's a different grade now, and I think a lot of it was in general when you learn to tell yourself the truth yeah mm-hmm. that's really broad but i feel like that gets you closer to what you actually desire um and in terms of specifically breaking through with the doubt i also had to recognize there's a lot of ego in maybe doing something one time and not doing it well and then mm-hmm. being like, well, i'm not going to do this again mm-hmm. yeah so the patience with yourself and with the process to just do something over and over again mm-hmm. and to be willing to be bad at things or make mistakes and things and to continue to be willing to do that um, i think that's a big part of pushing through the doubt too because yeah. when i think of I've asked myself, you know, what is confidence? Like when you're lacking it and people say, have it, it's like, yes. the, you know, like, yeah. what How? is it exactly? What is it exactly? How? What, what does that mean? And I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But one of the ways for me has been confidence comes with 
truth and it's like it's kind of like a, it's a repetition so you mm -hmm. s you see truth through the repetition of something so in that way confidence isn't just something out of thin air you just step right. up and say, yeah I have, I have it, it. Yeah. it's built over time a little it's a practice little steps every day um in the direction you want to go in whatever that is so I feel like that's a you have to push through it every yeah. day. Yeah, break those barriers yourself. Mm -hmm. That is so funny that you said that because that's literally on my way here. I was kind of having a pep talk with myself, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Um, but that's basically where I'm at in my evolution, I guess, as a woman mm -hmm. and stuff and trying to build confidence mm -hmm. in something in just the everyday, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I had to kind of step back and pull myself back because I was feeling anxious. I was having an anxious moment because mm -hmm. things aren't like flowing the way, you know, the yeah. way you expect. Mm -hmm. But it is those little moments and what you choose to do in those, the little habits of your day that make yeah. up the big picture yeah. of like where I'm going, what, what am I about, my truth, all of those things. It starts with the little, the little choices you make each day. So yeah. that's, I've resonated with that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so for now that you've been doing this for three years now, have you had like regular people that come to your sound baths? I have some regulars with the sound baths now. And then I have some, some people, wonderful people in my life through kind of all of the iterations of mm -hmm. it have been present for those and supportive yeah. of them. Um, so yeah, there are people who return and people who check in to see what's going on and yeah. you know what the offering is. And I'm... I think like, you know, maybe like most artists, maybe not, maybe yeah. as a judge, but looking for consistency. So, you know, how do you keep something running and going yeah. in relation also to like the reality of daily life and waves right. of inspiration and that things seem to come about when they need to come about. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, getting into some kind of flow that allows mm -hmm. you to make the offering more consistent. Yeah. yeah. How do you have the patience with yourself? Is that, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it is, it's hard for when you're trying to build something and you don't necessarily have the spark, the inspiration all yeah. the time to pour into it. And mm -hmm. life does get crazy and like things happen and you have to fight against a lot of outside <laughs> forces as well. So yeah. like how do you have the patience with yourself and like yeah. the commitment to just continue? I think sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. And when I there's like a forgiveness that has to happen mm, yes. for when you don't have that and you need to focus on other things or just can't focus on the thing that you want to focus right, on. Yeah. Um, but I find kind of with anything, when you step away from it, I always have nerves with like any aspect of my life that I love that I step away from for a time. You wonder when I come back, like, how's it going to be? And yeah. will the words be there? Will the sounds be there? And I found that in all of those kind of passions in my life, you return with, the wisdom of your life, mm -hmm. whatever you've been acquiring or doing yeah. otherwise is going to show up for you. Yeah. And I think I'm leaning more and more into that understanding and faith in that. So sometimes there's less nerves when I'm in a different mode of myself about the distance from the thing that I want. It's like, I know mm -hmm. that this too affects that. Yeah. So there's growth. And then there's times when, you know, you just, you see it, you can't quite walk towards yeah. it. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> and you just definitely. gotta release and, you know. Yeah, when that. it's the right time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So through your journey with, like, discovering sound and how that um, affects, well, what, were, what were the teachings or the things that, like, drew you to this mm -hmm. mode of expression or, yeah. you know, music and sound? 
started kind of just falling down rabbit holes of articles and videos and mm -hmm. talking with different people about um, sound and the stars or sound and different waves of things and just started to kind of see a different side of music and of his um, music theory mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen before. And I've always been intimidated by Western music, learning Western music and learning notation and things like that. It, it felt kind of alienating growing up. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't get it quickly. Yeah. And so it felt like a barrier to the right. music. Um, and so in my adult life, I studied kind of at my leisure. I would gather books and gather things, but hadn't really got to the point of applying the two together. I would read about music theory yeah. and, and then I would sometimes play, but they weren't together. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when I started to attempt to mesh the two different kind of roads of study came up in terms of sound and healing and people's ability to affect things with vibration right. and yeah. that it's not anything new at all as people know like people have you do it whether you know you're doing it or not but it's a it's a conscious study for a very 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 long time it's an ancient practice mm -hmm. so just constantly gathering more information um and i got really inspired and i ended up going to oakland in 2015 to do mm. some studying down in the bay oh, with oh, a nice. woman um, named sylvia nakash and i met a bunch of amazing artists down there Learned a little bit of a lot of new things, yeah. you know, um, and learned a lot about some of the science aspects, some of the kind of cultural aspects around the world as it related to sound. And so, like going to any um, school or teacher, like yeah. you finish, but then you get to the application part of like, now how do mm -hmm. I like weave this back mm -hmm. in? And so coming home in these few years and integrating myself back into this space and letting those things unfold and I think that's a part of it too when you're feeling like the doubt or you're not quite sure how to be patient with mm -hmm. yourself um, that moving back and forth was a big help in understanding that the the knowledge you've acquired will show up when it needs to show up yeah. how it needs to show up so you have to have patience with yourself because you're not going to go turn around and do all the things Absolutely. tomorrow yeah. yeah and so you almost have to trust the process and so it's been cool in the three years of being home to see the different ways it's come up but even in those times you know you go through the months in between where you feel disconnected from your yeah. practice and you're like where is it and do I really have a mission in life mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. and then when things come back around um, it's always a nice reminder because it's when you're excited and I think that too when you're doing something that you your heart wants to be doing mm -hmm. the inspiration is easier for it and that's yeah. always my sign that I'm like in line with myself yeah. of like yeah. the work feels almost like um unfairly easy mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like this, yeah this yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's so true that's mm -hmm. when you know like this is what you want to yeah, do because right. when yeah. you have no heart in something you're doing right. it's just like you feel every drop of the labor Absolutely. and I feel like in this, in anybody's work, like that you see it, it takes time and energy to mm -hmm. set things up, but there is a kind of freedom in it yes. at the same time that really gives you energy. Right. So, um, obviously there's a spiritual aspect to what you do, um, and to the work that you put out. Was that, has that always been the case for you? Have you always mm -hmm. felt connected and felt that there was a bigger mission for yourself or for 
the world or whatever like he's <laughs> I think so I can be a bit up in the clouds in that way mm-hmm. and I think learning to put it into practical use mm-hmm. has been helpful and I think it's more of my natural state is to see a bigger picture and some of the music and the theory and the science helps you like bring it down mm-hmm. to earth so the sound meditations have been a nice way to kind of blend the two to say there's some fundamental things going on that affect the body and the mind in a certain way in terms of the sound and then there's the more subtle experience that um, you don't have to know in order to be a part of or to do Mm -hmm. Um, and I like holding space for for both of those things to be there yeah yeah it's beautiful Uh, so outside of um, music are there any other creative sides that you practice that you may not share with others but (laughs) um yeah music and I write I write a lot I write a lot of poetry and um that's how making songs came about I didn't make the connection that if you're writing poetry you're already writing songs yeah (laughs) and so I'm like okay so made that switch um and I I'm working on a on a book right now with a friend from the bay he's a painter named um Andres Cisnero Galindo, he's a Mexican-American painter, and he's working on the visual aspect of the poetry that I have, oh, so wow. bringing the two together, um, yeah. really excited for that, and we were aiming for this winter in February, it might be a little bit later than that, <laughs> Yeah, really looking forward to that, and um, outside of music, when I have the means to do so, traveling is... Yeah. 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 Right. Do you have any favorite places that you like to go? <laughs> I'm, you know, there hasn't been too many repeats, but I, my last trip was in the springtime to Kenya, and it was oh, wow. my first time in Kenya. My first time in East Africa. It was amazing. Wow. Um, I would love to go back there and make some more music and meet some more artists. But the goal has been really, yeah, to get your feet on the ground somewhere and connect with people so that mm-hmm. when you want to be out in the world again mm-hmm. you can call on your friends yeah. most definitely yeah. where do you find your inspiration for your sounds mm-hmm. do you is it through your own sort of meditation and then you hear it in your head and then <laughs> recreate it or how does that the whole process of making the sounds come to you sometimes you know it varies there's times when you like you know, you wake up or you get home from whatever you're doing and you feel that snap of inspiration of like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to like plug the things in and turn the recorder on or get the yeah. instrument out and start. Um, so there's that. There's times when not so much the sounds won't come, but just ideas and things you've talked about with people or kind of words will come to you. Like the last sound bath we did, it was it was about grace, which I, I don't really feel like... I hear the word a lot, but when mm-hmm. I really thought about it, I'm like, well, what is it? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so really meditating on that and letting certain sounds come through kind of more intuitively of like, what, what might this sound like? Right. And so there's that. And then times when, yeah, I'm looking for um, like a particular maybe energetic movement in myself. Yeah. And so then it gets matched to... On this particular instrument, I can have movements that represent the clearing of air or like the ignition of fire, things yeah. like that. So um, sometimes elementally I'm thinking of it, sometimes it's just a feeling, and then other times 
like sometimes you have to kind of labor through and yeah. be like, you know, what is it that I'm really trying to express here or what is coming through and just meditate and kind of be quiet for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find uh, if you do create a specific sound, but it doesn't go with the concept that you're trying to create, mm -hmm. do you put that aside and then go back to it if it does fit in something you're working on in the future? Yeah, I think there's times, well, so for this series, we've had guests, after the first one that um, you were both at, each one has had a guest artist, mm -hmm. and so there, the process kind of changed a little bit. It wasn't just me alone, like yeah. I was working with the artist. Um, we had about two sessions before the sound bath for every artist, and that one, there were times of, you know, we'd get together and play and say we'd identify that we like certain sounds together, we'd maybe make a note of it. Yeah. and bring that into the bath um, but always with the space to do or not do what you plan because mm -hmm. once you get in there with other people and start interacting with their energies people bring in what they need yeah or what they need to let go of mm -hmm. like people kind of their energy the room dictates what what you're doing in part and yeah. so we have loose blueprints sometimes but there's a um, there's an improvisational aspect to it yeah yeah, in terms of leaving sounds in or out, like there are sometimes we leave them in or, or don't, but there's um, the rehearsals aren't so much to like practice like a specific set. It's yeah, to right. sync up with each other so that when oh, we're in okay. the room, we can like listen to each other mm -hmm. as yeah. we're listening for everything else. Right. Yeah. Is it a form of meditation for you when you are making the sounds during Absolutely. the sound of that? Yeah, and that's been a big part of working with the other artists too is trying to convey that this is for us as well. Mm -hmm. And so as kind of vulnerable as you can be yeah. right. as a part of yeah. how much the experience is going to land or sink for mm -hmm. you. Yes. Um, and that's a part of the improvising as well. So it's definitely meditative for me. Like I had a bath recently where someone was making a lot of noise. Yeah. Meditation. Yeah. Oh. I, did, I had tuned it out. Like yeah. I didn't realize, which is not common for me because I hear mm -hmm. like every little sound. Mm -hmm. And... I thought, well, that was a good sign for me. I don't know the other people who had to listen, right, but yeah. um, I was in my meditative space, and the people who came to me after said, like, all the sounds just become a part of the mm -hmm. meditation, and there's yeah. a kind of giving it up to whatever's happening right in the space as what needs to be happening. Right. So people just dealt with the, the snoring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about experience because when we went there, someone was snoring and there yeah. was a baby too. there was a baby right. in there too yeah but it, it totally does become part of the experience mm -hmm. right. like you're not it's not one of those like oh would you just like you know it's just it is part of the experience and you just go and you flow with it and it was yeah i think it's the state that you're yeah, in exactly. too you're so in tune with yourself you're you're in a different mind space i feel mm -hmm. like that yeah. those sounds that normally that you would pick up on mm -hmm. just don't exist they in that moment because you're just background. there yeah exactly <laughs> uh can you speak like not to like we're not gonna have a, a whole science lecture here <laughs> but can you just speak to um how like vibrationally that like affects us and uh -huh. our brain waves and yeah. and how we can um also like scientifically be put into states of relaxation uh -huh. through sound so what i work with in terms of Music fundamentals is the perfect fifth. So the fifth is, an, it's an interval, so you're talking five steps between notes. Yeah. So if you're like on a piano and you start with the C key, mm -hmm. you go up five spaces and you're at the G. 
So C and G is a fifth, and you can move up or down in that. Okay. So C and G, oh, okay. D and A. Yeah. And um, I do, I tone a fifth with the bowl. Sometimes I'll fill those, the crystal bowls with water and change the tone, but they'll still be a fifth apart. Um, and that's said to be a perfect fifth in music, which is visually what a spiral is. Mm-hmm. Is said to be the sound of our nervous system when it's in like its most balanced resonance. Oh, wow. And so a stressed nervous system is audible. You can actually hear it ringing like, wow. in your ears. Really? And so if you kind of sometimes are, you know, plagued with a high pitched sound that seems to be coming from nowhere, sometimes that's what it is. It's your nervous system ringing out wow. in stress yeah. mode. <laughs> like literally your body, like, is, is like sounding you, for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when I learned that, I realized that. I had heard that a lot through my childhood, not knowing what it was. I would hear that ringing. And so the fifth is there to bring that like kind of baseline balance in the room of it's not what I'm doing or the other musicians. It's like, this is what is happening because mm-hmm. this sound is present. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's the science side to me. The music theory is the science side. So that's always present in the bath in some respect, kind of consistently throughout. Mm-hmm. And balancing the nervous system in order to just kind of lay lay a good like rich soil for people to go out and do whatever they need to do inside of their balance that's kind of my thinking behind it of like it's like getting a little Mm tune-up so it's not that the bath is going to address specific things or issues for you like whatever comes up for you is going to be a very individual thing but just getting the body into a state where it can receive the listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like once it finished for us, it was like an hour long, so mm-hmm. I didn't feel like an hour had even passed, mm-hmm. but it was so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like when it ended, I was like, whoa, I needed that. I didn't yeah. realize how badly my body needed to mm-hmm. just be in that meditative state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually hard for us to go because <laughs> we mistakenly decided to like, oh, we're, like, out, let's go to a bar or something. Mm-hmm. And we walked in, and it just, the it, vibe, the vibe was, was right. so yeah. wrong. It was so we off. immediately walked out. Yeah. We're like, I can't. It was the noise, the sound, it was the even the lights and stuff. Yeah. It was just, mm-hmm. it was like, amazing that that contrast, like, to feel the contrast of mm-hmm. being in that healing sound as opposed to, like, the noise and the chaos of the world. We just, like, couldn't mm-hmm. It just didn't it. sit well with us. We had to, like, get out. I was yeah. like, I just spent an hour meditating. Yeah. Like, I can't be <laughs> that idea. <laughs> that idea. <laughs> so are there any practices that keep you balanced throughout your day, like, outside of music? Yeah. Um, um, I'm, I like to go dancing, you know, like casual Mm -hmm. i'm not like one to be in the club yeah (laughs) but um outward classes or or, like sometimes i'm in and out of classes i sometimes dance i'm with a awesome dancer here in town named vanessa villalobos she's a latin dancer she's amazing um she teaches in west seattle Mm. and so learn um throughout this year off and on from her Mm -hmm. and just dance at home. I dance with friends. Yeah. Or if a friend is out DJing or if there's some live music. Um, honestly, going to, I know you said not music. I'm like, going to sessions calms <laughs> yeah. me down. Like, yeah. going and just sitting in a corner and listening to other people play is really nice. Um, taking walks and just, yeah, like, taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that's kind of the 
that's the big meditation. Um, and it's a, it's how I prepare for the sound baths outside of the music itself. Right. It's like, okay, if you're going to be in a space where you're holding space, you need to be like fit on the levels, you know, like yeah. mentally and spiritually, emotionally, like get yourself to wherever you can get yourself to be, when, before the bath happens. Yeah. Um, so that the, yeah, the space you're holding is a balanced one. Do you feel the energy if you were off that day and uh, you performed a sound bath? Do you feel like yeah, your work was getting different? getting ready for it feels mm-hmm. different. There's not that kind of light floatiness. It's yeah. heavier and you're maybe rushing or things. And so we just to take the time. That's how we breathe in the beginning to like land in there. And if I'm, you know, on top of things, I've already landed by the time I woke up in the morning. Yeah. But sometimes you're landing... 30 minutes into the sound bath, mm-hmm. you're just now feeling the sense of like tapping in. So there's times when you have to perform whatever you're doing in life where, like you said, like the feeling is not quite there, yeah. but always like whenever it does hit, allowing for it to mm-hmm. be there. And so you kind of have to let go and not judge yourself for the fact right. that you don't feel quite as, you know, tapped in today, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you get there eventually. And that doesn't, that's part of the process too, because I think mm. it's easy to then doubt, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this, like you were saying mm. earlier, like if it doesn't just hit or feel like that all of the time, right. yeah. it's like, okay, well, this isn't for me, like I'm just right. going to move on <laughs> or whatever. Um, so you're around a lot of people all mm. the time, and this is, I don't want to say it's a service, but you are in service when you are, you know helping people to find their own healing through sound and all um so boundaries have to be important right Mm -hmm. and like energetically even in a room when you're like going in and people come with their own Mm -hmm. sense of whatever like how do you keep those boundaries Mm -hmm. you know for yourself while also still being like love and light and open and like (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah I think in terms of being in the bath specifically and having to navigate different energies, mm-hmm. I try to remind myself that whatever cocktail is present is the one that's supposed to be there. So there's yeah. some kind of um, thing we're all supposed to do together today. Like, I, was it in the bath? I think the one that you came to, no, it was the, it was the next one. Um, there was a woman who came in very huffy and late and slamming yeah. things around and it was like crazy. And I just, I got to her space. I said, well, that's where she's at. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't want like whatever that is over there. Um, that doesn't seem like, I don't envy that, yeah. you know? And so I felt, I was like, she's interrupting the bath. Like the energy is dissipating. And I just said, that's where she's at. And I had a, a guest artist there that day and I asked her if she would kindly, you know, talk to her and see what she needed. Yeah. Um, and I think dealing with the general public, that's part of what you have to do. And I felt it was a growing moment for myself of getting upset and then saying, well, see what unmet need is there with her. Mm-hmm. And in talking with her after and then online afterwards, like worked through what the issues were. It was just, a, it was an interesting um, growing point for me and learning how to navigate mm-hmm. it where your reaction might be different if you're not the one holding space. Yes. You might yeah. have to go tell someone about themselves. <laughs> yeah. But in this way, causing me to grow. So I feel that way when different energies come in the room. And I think the less I have um, 
judgment of it and just recognition that I'm like, well, I know I feel whatever they're feeling. I've felt that feeling before and I must have walked into spaces like that too. Yeah. Um, But everybody that's here is here for some kind of reason. Reason. We're learning together. So it's been, it's been really nice. And then when we finish the bass and I, you know, those kind of the more little off kilter energies or a little more intense energies, they sometimes seem the most, um, the most relaxed afterwards <laughs> yeah. in a way that's like, okay, if I had, um, you know, judged or shamed or done whatever and even energetically to them, like what an awful experience to be lying somewhere trying to meditate while you can feel someone's energy, mm-hmm. you know, judging you. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a good, it's a good meditation in a lot of ways to hold the space. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'm sure it, it does cross over into your everyday life when you're like, I don't know, at a coffee shop and someone does that to you, you know, like to practice because we all have to kind of balance um, having those boundaries and like being able to advocate for yourself when someone's crossing that line, but also doing it with love and compassion because we have all experienced Mm -hmm. those emotions and those, and we have been Mm -hmm. the other person on the other side before. And we never know what that person may be going through in that Mm -hmm. moment too. Yeah. You know, the boundaries are big. I'm like, you reminded <laughs> me of the original question. Like, the boundaries are huge. And I think that's still a learning curve in general. Um, and a part of doing the offerings has also been a meditation for me in the boundaries in the sense of where you want to give your energy mm-hmm. and share with it. Mm-hmm. Like recognizing for me, the sound baths is a, it's a healthy space for me to yes. share yes. and give that much energy as opposed to other situations in your life that aren't worth all that time and energy. Yeah. And so it's been it's been good in that way to be able to have a little bit less boundary within the sound bath because I have more of it in my everyday life. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Do you only do sessions that are open to the public or do you get reached out to and you go to different yeah. communities? Yeah, do, um, there's private events. I've got a bath coming up called Threshold at the Northwest Foam Forum on the 21st of this month. Um, that's a late night. It's like 9.30 to 10.30. Oh, so wow. that one will be more um, experimental. And, yeah. Um, this Sunday at Hot House Spa on Capitol Hill, I'll be doing a short um, hour-long sound bath with the Ocean Swim School. It's really nice. It's all for... Um, women of color and non-binary women mm-hmm. it's 9 30 to 11 30 so I do that I have private clients or so often that part of my practice is not quite as as uh frequent yeah. but it's through the years kind of always come in and out and I actually really like working one-on-one with people so I do those sessions out of my home or um mobily with people oh, okay. where we meet um and I've hosted a couple of private baths in my space, um, which are nice too. It's fun to be in safe, intimate spaces with mm-hmm. people. Right. Um, and so those have been really nice. And I've got something in the works for January. I'm not quite sure. It's not pinned down yet, but it'll be my first time doing it like in someone else's space at their request, like oh, just kind okay. of building the the space there so it's again it's been fun to experiment and not have to separate it from you know your artistic desire yeah and bring them together um can you speak a little I know you spoke about your background but more so like growing up and 
like deciding who you are and you know who you want to be mm -hmm. um and then fighting against like conformity and people having their own mm -hmm. judgments or expectations of you can you kind of walk through your experience with that and how you've had to fight back against mm -hmm. those, those things you know I think that there's a lot of really intense, deep societal stuff that gets into your own subconscious. And so I think more than anything, through the years, I've fought my own false expectations mm -hmm. of myself. Mm -hmm. um, it Dealing with people-pleasing, dealing with um, a fear around my telling my own truth yeah. and really since childhood like you know it's a lifelong process of learning to lean into the truths about myself and I think that there was I was kind of I trained myself and was trained to believe in the truth of negative aspects of myself mm, yeah and those when are it always easier those are easier right, right? Yeah. and when it hit that um well if you let that in you're allowed to let the other in and they can both coexist because they do. So you mm -hmm. don't have to judge the fact that you also let these other ones in, but let let the things that help move you forward also in. And so leaning more and more into that. And I think the as a kid, I was always aware that I wanted to make music. I was very aware of it and very hungry for it and kind of had a burning desire for it that seemed stronger than my little 10 year old self yeah um and in times away from music it would feel like just you know centuries away and i look back and it makes me laugh now because that's how it is for little kids like your time so you yeah. know two years feels like an eternity mm -hmm. when you're little and so times when i didn't play music i felt pretty um like i was wandering and even mm -hmm. as a kid, I think I had that sensation. And so in adulthood and getting into my mid and late 20s, it dawned on me that that was a sign of like, cause your heart was there. And right. so yeah. how it felt was so intense um, to not do it and slowly, continually creeping towards allowing myself to do it more. And the last job I had where it hit me that like, this wasn't a path that I could stay on. Mm -hmm. And the job was lovely. I actually loved it. I was um, running a youth program, working with elementary to middle school age kids. And it was wonderful. And it was mm -hmm. a great learning yeah. experience. But I would catch myself sitting at my desk and filling out reports. And I just said, oh, I'm like in this job. I'm getting paid well for what it is. Like, I feel good. But this is not it. Mm -hmm. And You didn't feel the fulfillment. I didn't feel yeah. this sense of... Um, like how long could I do this? Yeah, yeah. And, sustainable. And is it sustainable yeah. for me? And whose expectation of me? Like, am I satisfying mine right. or some kind of ghostly one that has no source? Yeah, like, you know. And I was talking to kids, telling them to follow their heart mm -hmm. and their, you know, their yeah. passions, and wasn't quite sure if I was doing the same. Mm -hmm. So it came time to leave there, and I left that, and I knew that I was going to start making music and I hadn't been playing music in years. I hadn't done anything around it in a long oh, time. Wow. And I just was like, I, and so, you know, I went through a series of lots of jobs and making ends meet. And like we said, that process of like, it didn't happen the next day. Yeah. It mm -hmm. was like 
it was a good while later before mm-hmm. I actually started doing anything. And I'm, I feel still on that journey and I feel still on the journey that I was on as a little kid trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to allow myself enough love for myself to let my, um, my true heart's desire be present in my life. I feel like that's my continual, what I'm always trying to allow for more of in my life. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, it's just been an ongoing process. And I think there's days when I don't fight those expectations right. so well. And I'm met with the reality of doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm met with the reality of trying to get in someone else's lane mm-hmm. or walk a path that's not mine to walk. And your life sometimes gently, sometimes roughly shows you like that's not, not for you. Is, not it. Yeah. How, um, how did you overcome that? break of not being in music were you surrounded by people that were still making music even though you weren't or was this something you had to I think yeah I was I was always um I guess it's never really left I think I've the dramatic person inside of me you know sees it as these big deserts of time (laughs) but like I learned to DJ in that time I was dancing in those times and um exploring other parts of my life and again now that I can look back and see the way everything is feeding each mm-hmm. other but at the time things felt really compartmentalized mm-hmm. and so the kind of the focus being integration I guess of like the, how can I bring the different aspects of my life a little bit closer so right. that the contrast isn't so high that I feel um torn or mm-hmm. somehow like disingenuous in one life or the other like how do I bring them together and so it's been it's been nice to see them weave together. It's been really challenging. It remains yeah. challenging, but it feels worth it when you hit those pockets where you feel your life integrate with itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful because that's almost a practice within itself to like bring together all of the elements of yourself because they can, if you spend too much time in one. Mm-hmm. aspect or whatever you can begin to feel disjointed because you're like oh wait but I like this too I love this too like I'm into that mm-hmm. so it, it, I find or that I what I'm learning now is just like it's all part of the practice mm-hmm. it is kind of a practice to like bring all of these elements of yourself right. together to make the whole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that full circle yeah mm-hmm. exactly but it's hard hard as hell yeah. to do uh God, how have you networked yourself mm-hmm. in the industry? If, if you're not from here, because you're originally from here, so you have mm-hmm. your group yeah. here, but for someone who's not originally from here? Who's not from here? Um, I think a part of it is I can be a bit, um, I can be a little bit of a hermit, so sometimes mm-hmm. I have to kind of make myself go out and, um, going to things that sound interesting that I like that other people are doing yeah. and I'm learning still very much so to allow myself to talk about the things that I'm doing Yeah, um, I feel like that's a big part of it it's like there's things that are like formal networking events and they mm-hmm. can be valuable but like connecting with people um, and learning how to speak about yourself and what yeah. you're doing and I think there's lots of layers like as a woman sometimes there's a feeling of I'm talking too much, mm-hmm. which as we know is like something that's like, that's kind of not a natural thought to yeah. speaking. Yeah. And so having to push through things like that of saying, it's okay to like, and especially if someone asks you. And so I, you yeah. know, through the years as I've caught myself shying away from things or not really being able to engage questions about it, recognizing that if you're going to do something and strike out, like you're going to need the, 
support of whatever community you're in. Yeah. And so it's building those connections and relationships with people. Yeah. Was it tough? Did you find any resistance from people that were already in your community with to doing the work? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say so much resistance. I'll, you know, if there is, it's not. It's out of. It's out of vibe that I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, not so much resistance. I think people have busy lives. Mm-hmm. People do a lot, and people aren't always going to be able to come and show up and be in person. But I think there's different ways we can kind of feed each other and give each other energy. And so I'm really fortunate to be in many communities where people check in with me about what I'm doing and how things are going and think of me when mm-hmm. opportunities arise or um, situations present themselves that seem like my work would be a good fit and so and again that's you know making connections with people and like you said being from here is different you yeah, know there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of time to have people um, to see and be seen by people and what you're doing and how you've built it through through time yeah. but I think in not being from a place it was the same when I moved to the Bay it was just connecting with people like as friends as humans yeah. and watching things come from those relationships yeah that's beautiful yeah. what was your time like in California like what was that journey? it was nice it was short it was only nine months um, but it was really transformative and I was doing a lot of studying a lot of working and made a lot of music and was able to culminate my time down there with a live recorded session with beautiful artists um, some from the Bay some from Israel and France and that was a big kind of turning point in recognizing the power of coming together with mm-hmm. people um, and of following through with your points of inspiration. Mm-hmm. I remember watching a, an interview one time with Ramsey Lewis, and they were asking him, if you know, you have any advice for young artists? And he said, to act when inspired. Because mm-hmm. if you wait, it's not there with the same intensity right, later, yeah. or you forget, and so then it becomes a labor. Yeah. Um, and that was with me when I listened back to the session and realized that I was a project I wanted to finish and I wanted to be able to share it with people. Mm-hmm. So I think I went down there with my conscious intention of what I was going to do in the Bay and what I was going to study and leaving there, finishing the, the record and meeting all these amazing, amazing artists, you see like the other reason you end up somewhere yeah. and all you build around it, but just to get yourself in the right space and time somewhere. Um, so it was amazing, and my relationships with those people have gotten stronger in the time away from there. I still yeah. work with people from there. And um, Andres, the man that I'm doing the book with, I met him through a gallery owner that I met in my neighborhood there, who's oh, one wow. of my best friends now. Yeah. And um, just connecting, like I said, in that way of friendship. I was walking by her gallery one night, sad and you know, going through some things, there's some family stuff going on, and she just said, hey, we want to come in, have a glass of wine, and there was a show going on, yeah. and we just were together almost every day oh, wow. after that. And so I said, it's Galeria Beso Maya, and that helped me see, too, that that was how I could network. Like, it's hard for me to be in, like, spaces with just... Yeah. Or you're you know, selling yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's tough. It feels really <laughs> corny. And sometimes you got to do it, but it's it's hard. And so mm-hmm. recognizing that just people want to work together. And a lot of people out there, it's like you have the inspiration, so you do it, and things come around that. It's not always the other way around, where mm-hmm. you gather all the right. cards and then you go. Mm-hmm. It like, doesn't really work like that. Um, 
so yeah, the time down there was it was a definite giving. I, it was a giving birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and sharing your story. But before we go, where can our listeners find your work and attend your uh, sound baths? Yeah, so we've got the last sound bath of the year coming up on Sunday, December 15th. It's from 4 to 7 at the Hiawatha Art Lofts in Seattle. And that is going to be each guest artist who's been a part of the sound bath series since August is going to all be there together. So it'll be a sound bath concert. um, And after the concert ends, we'll open it up and hopefully people will come and jam and play with us. So Mm -hmm. that's December 15th, four to seven. And then music, all of the sound baths have been recorded and they're available on my SoundCloud. It's Jen Moore, Emit One Light Productions. they're all there and for free listening. Perfect. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah.